0: as moderator for tonight's broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. I'm dreaming of a red wave, just like the one on November 3rd. It's high noon for Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020. And I truly do apologize for the lower-than-normal-quality sound, but I am not at the command center, at the reasonable studio. I'm at a very reasonable other place with less reasonable sound. Follow the podcast on Parlor and Rumble at I'm Your Moderator join the info stream on the telegram messenger app by downloading the telegram messenger app and then clicking on any link anywhere including one you send yourself if you are so inclined t.me slash i'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash be reasonable discussion it honestly couldn't be easier well It could be a little bit easier, but we're not at that point where you can just think something and your technology does it. Unless, of course, you say it out loud or you type it into a phone or computer, and then big tech will know everything you want and then try to make you buy it all day long while stealing your information. It's fun. Give it a try. You want to be sold stuff you don't ever want for the next two months, go Christmas shopping online. It's great. So yesterday, while I was high above the earth, flying to this very reasonable destination, so much happened. I landed and my phone was just overflowing with messages from happy patriots overjoyed about Donald Trump's wonderful speech yesterday, overjoyed about the potential of vetoing one of the single worst pieces of legislation you could ever imagine. Trump went fucking balls to the wall yesterday. And that is my favorite Trump. My favorite Trump is the one who just walks out and says all the true things, not giving a shit about whether or not he was supposed to say those two things. Because I don't ever want Trump deferring to the party of false decorum. I want Trump saying the truth, just like I want other politicians saying the truth, although that's clearly too much to ask. The people who have been leading our country for a very long time— All the old guard politicians just literally tried to make the country go $2.3 trillion further into debt so that they could make money for themselves, bail out other countries and special interests of theirs, hook Andrew Cuomo up with $4 million for the subways, stuff like that. And so Trump clobbered them on that. And what could be better? That's exactly what everyone who cares about government corruption and absurd government spending has ever wanted. You know, it's great when people like Rand Paul step up and do it. It really is. And Rand Paul's a great man, and I thank him for doing that. But it is a little different when a president steps up there and just calls out the whole thing. And that's what he did. And no president has ever done that or has not done it for 40 years, most of our lifetimes. Let's say 32. We'll give Reagan the uh, the benefit of the doubt there. But Trump going after corruption, going after the pharmaceutical industry, going after the military industrial (laughs) complex, I mean, a lot of these things – are the reasons why many of us were liberals in the first place. But the Democratic Party represents none of that anymore. And now we actually have a person who not only represents it and says it, we have a person who actually goes out and does it and takes action against all this corruption. Honestly, what could be better? This is one of the most important presidencies in our history, and it grows more important by the day. So Trump called out a lot of that spending, but as the evening progressed last night, other things began to come out about exactly what was in that bill. So yesterday when I was discussing how this thing is 5,600 pages and it's literally impossible for anyone to know all of the things that are in it because they can't read 5,600 pages and then vote on it two hours later. Like that's impossible even for a speed reader. And of course you can't speed read a bill that's supposed to become law because it's legalese and the words actually really matter. You have to read that stuff carefully. I thought I was going to be overly – paranoid, overly conspiratorial by suggesting that they were going to lace that bill with all sorts of things that would tie Trump's hands in this period, They would make it impossible for him to stick this landing, prove the fraud, and then make sure Joe Biden never becomes president. I thought I was going overboard by even thinking that, but the truth is it's actually even worse then I thought it would be like I figured they would slide in a thing there about transitioning to Joe Biden or, you know, certain things that Trump would not be allowed to do in terms of process. It was far worse than that, and it was intentional and we know it's intentional, not just because it's in there, which obviously means it was intentional by some. But it's also in the National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA, which they've tr- been trying to get Trump to sign. Embedded in both of these bills is this little provision that says that Donald Trump would have to go to Congress to request permission to institute the Insurrection Act to enable him to take action against A real, genuine coup attempt against genuine insurrection in the country. And if you are trying to limit the president's ability to protect the country, to protect the stability and continuity of government, and to protect the Constitution against an illegal take over by force, then you're basically saying that's what you want to do. Are we supposed to believe that they are trying to tie Trump's hands on the insurrection act just because? No. It's almost like you're willingly and forthrightly (laughs) announcing that you're starting a coup. You're admitting it. And of course, there's there's no, there's no doubting that. They've been doing it for five years, and I've said it enough times that I don't need to repeat myself. But this is just blatant, unbelievable corruption. For four years, they have been undermining an American president. And... You know, I've said that before too, and I think I've even said this part, but again and again it comes back to me and I I I cannot fully wrap my head around what it is they have done because the scale is so massive. When you are undermining an American president, you are putting the country and its citizens and everyone's prosperity, property, everything At risk. They made it hard for the President of the United States to do his job in running our country and protecting our country. We need to comprehend how absolutely dangerous that is. And the entire time, We've been forced to listen to the media and to these politicians tell us how every other thing Trump has done is unprecedented and dangerous and unconstitutional and whatever, any of the words that they have ever used to describe it. They've never actually been successful at claiming any of that. They've never proven it. They've never explained exactly how that's true, but they said it the whole time. The truth is, again, once again, always the same. They are projecting everything they accuse others of doing. Those are the things that they are doing or about to do. They always, always announce their corruption beforehand. It's, it's so deranged. It's like the husband who's been cheating on his wife who continually accuses his wife of cheating on him. That's basically Nancy Pelosi in a nutshell. Nancy Pelosi is one of the most corrupt criminals our government has ever seen. But the fact is, it's not just Nancy Pelosi that went along with this. Again, only six senators voted against this bill. Six Republican senators, I'm sure, you know, no Democrat senators, obviously. But did they know? Did the rest of the Republican caucus know that the Insurrection Act thing was in there? You better believe Mitch McConnell knew. There's no way Mitch McConnell didn't know. Every single one of them, every single House member and every single senator, who voted for that bill, if they knew that that provision was in there, what do you call them other than traitors to the country? Is that treason? Is it treason to be planning an insurrection and simultaneously be trying to legally limit the president's ability to defend the country and its citizens from that insurrection? I mean, I don't know if it meets the legal definition of treason, and I know that that's a big word to be using. Is it sedition? It's certainly insurrection. What is the penalty for these people? You know, we're always told by the party of false decorum that you can't say things are treason. And you can't suggest that something is treason without suggesting the penalty for treason. Because the penalty for treason is death. But what are we supposed to call it? Will our betters tell us what definition, what phrase we're allowed to use to describe this? They tried to sneak through a provision that makes it impossible for the president to protect the country from their own insurrection. They want the president to have to ask Congress. Now, that's fine when declaring foreign wars. That's in the Constitution. That's great. The Congress should actually care about that power. They don't at all because, of course, they would rather have the president do what he wants or she someday when Christy Noem becomes president since Kamala Harris never will, that's good. It's good that there are limits on the president's power, but then the Congress should not be able to give their power away to the president so that they don't have to take responsibility. And that's where we are now. We can see it all over the political spectrum. People would rather have someone else make the decision and they can go along. They can be complicit as long as they are never forced to take responsibility for it. That's where we have been for quite a while. And that's where we are in Georgia today. Boom. Segway. Killed it. You don't even know what I'm segwaying to because I didn't fully complete the segue, but you should just know that what I just did was an amazing segue. You didn't see it coming. I didn't either. It happened naturally. And here we go. So Georgia is doing a a hearing for show today. I guess that's all we can call it. Do I have to say an hearing? Going to get back to you on that one. So there was an hearing today in Georgia, and Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, led the hearing off by saying some dumb bullshit. And then he had his lawyer basically run the rest of the thing for him so that he wouldn't have to say the words himself. Now, it was just one denial after the next in terms of the problems they were having. Raffensperger started by saying, well, you know, most of the problems that Georgia is being accused of having, most of these are things we can't do anything about because this is stuff that the, the Congress has actually set up as its rules, and we can't break those rules. So we're not able to fix those things. He said the federal rules are the problem. It's not the, dissent, the consent decree that he signed with Stacey Abrams, allowing all this ridiculous bullshit, like drop boxes and Zuckerberg money and mail-in ballots to everyone and no signature matching. None of that, none of that is his fault at all. He wants to focus on the other mistakes that the federal government caused, Not, not anything in the consent decree. In fact, don't even bring up Stacey Abrams' name, I don't even know who Stacy Abrams is. He might as well have just said that. I've never seen Stacey Abrams. I mean, I saw her on a, a magazine cover once where they made her look like this dumpy Superman character. But besides that, don't know her at all. Raffensperger then immediately, like a minute later, went on to say, blame shifting is not productive and it doesn't solve problems. Well, okay, Brad, then stop doing it. His whole thing, his whole introduction, his statement was nothing but blame shifting. His hands were tied by this and that. And sorry that I didn't get the support I needed while I was trying to make everything better, but I was too distracted to do it myself because I was busy making everything worse. All right, Brad, we get it. So his lawyer comes on and he says, to a bunch of different issues, we're investigating. We're investigating. It's always an investigation. When politicians say that they are investigating, what they're saying is, we're not going to answer that question ever. But it's something we have thought about We thought about it, obviously, because everyone can see that there's a problem here. We're not disputing that. It's obvious that there's a problem. Even though we denied it before, we're just going to tell you. We see there's a problem too. We're not going to fix it. And I know we denied it, but there really is a problem. We're not going to fix it. But you need to be clear that we're investigating. So someday we'll have an answer for that, maybe. I mean, if you forget about the fact that we're investigating and then no one ever asks about this again, you know, maybe the investigation will go nowhere. Maybe we'll just stop the investigation, no big deal. But for right now, we are not gonna give you an answer because we're going to instead investigate. Who knows how long it takes? I think it's gonna take however many days it takes for you to forget plus one. That's how many days our investigation will go on for. So this investigation about the voter stuff will definitely end that by January 7th. Unless there's still a problem on January 6th. And then we'll end it on January 21st. Unless Trump gets in. And then, who knows? Maybe then we just find out there's no investigation at all this shit's crazy. These investigations are just nonsense. They can keep investigations going on forever. Investigations aren't good. Give us answers. Florida completed its election in one day. And there's been no problems with Florida since then. Has anybody heard about a bunch of Florida problems? Who's arguing about Florida? No one the likelihood is greater that California will have problems than Florida. Florida actually got its election system straightened out after all the problems they had in the early 2000s. California's problems on a public level are just beginning. And here's something else about Georgia I'd love to know. What in the world were they doing Spending $110 million on their dominion system. $110 million on their dominion system. $110 million for voting machines to enact fraud. To make sure that whatever politicians go along with the system buy their way in or are paid to use it so that they are permanently compromised and then do whatever they're told. $110 million of taxpayer money for that system. What could they do with $110 million for actual citizens? It would seem like that would build a lot of housing or feed a lot of people or upgrade a lot of schools or train police better $110 million so that they could buy machines that fail to add One plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one. That's all vote tabulators need to do. In fact, we were able to run elections even before machines. Isn't that amazing? Because counting one plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one is one of the easiest things in the entire world. So easy that you don't need to spend $110 million on machines just to have them do it wrong. But they spent it $110 million. And do you want to guess whether Brad Raffensperger's brother, Ron, has now been outed as an employee Of the Chinese company Huawei. And he's a never Trumper. Who happens to live in China. If you guessed. That he is. You're right. Also. If you just intuited that he is. Because why else would I bring it up. You're right there too. Look at you. Very very smart. Very smart. I know I have a smart audience. So. I want to go through one of the greatest examples of fake news I've ever seen. This article was constructed by a fake news master. And what I mean is a liar who's so obviously a liar that the only way he could possibly believe that his lies would work is to imagine that his audience is made up of the stupidest people on earth and of course the people who read this and who like this and who share it are biden voters so i would say that his assessment of his audience was accurate so here's the article it's in uh Uh, Reuters, UK. This is an article from December 14th, 2020. By a guy named Raphael Satter, S-A-T-T-E-R. The headline is Trump's conspiracies pose existential threat to electronic voting industry. Smartmatic. So they're defending the electronic voting industry from Trump's conspiracy theories. Basically what they're saying is if enough people believe these voting machines don't work, this industry is going to go out of business. Oh no. The truth is this industry should have never gone into business because this industry is pure evil. This industry is built and designed specifically to take the right to vote away from free people. So I'm going to give this a read and I'll try to hurry through the part that I don't really want to focus on because I don't know if it's just boring to listen to people read things. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. I'm holding out for the best. I've got hopes. Anyway, conspiracy theories about how voting machines were used to stop the re-election of Donald Trump have not just sapped Americans' faith in the democratic process. They also pose an existential threat to the market for electronic voting systems worldwide. An executive with a leading company said, Antonio Mujica, I think it's Mujica or Mujica or Mujica. It's probably Mujica. Whatever. Sorry. Sorry. Tony? Antonio Mujica, chief executive of Florida-based Smartmatic, said the baseless claims circulated by Trump and his allies about Smartmatic and one of its competitors, Dominion Voting Systems, were having a knock-on effect outside the United States, with officials in other countries either reluctant to sign deals or warning that they were reassessing their contracts. Now, is the guy who started Smartmatic down in, ding, 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 Venezuela. A quote from him, I don't think there is one customer in the world that has not come back to us to tell us either that this is a problem and this could endanger our future relationship for existing customers, or that this could endanger a potential new contract, Mojica said in an interview on Thursday. His industry was, quote, collateral damage in a wider attack on democratic institutions, he said. Mujica stopped short of putting a figure on the cost to his business but said that in the case of Colombia a country where he said his company had spent years trying to get its foot in the door i was informed by my sales force that we are dead in the water because of this situation colombia's election registrar said there had as yet been no negotiations opened with smartmatic Mojica said the company was doing what it could to beat the disinformation. A big chunk of its homepage is devoted to pushing back against the conspiracies. It recently hired Chicago-based defamation lawyer Eric Connolly, and on Friday it wrote to Fox News Channel demanding the network retract allegations leveled by its guests, including pro-Trump lawyers Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, and hosts including Lou Dobbs and Maria Bartiromo. Fox News did not return messages seeking comment. Powell also did not return messages. A spokesman for the Trump campaign did not return emails. Giuliani did not return a request for comment. It is true that machine-assisted voting, either via voter-facing touchscreens or behind-the-scenes ballot tabulation software and digital poll books, has for years been the subject of persistent worries around security and reliability. Okay. Now, I'm just going to take a little pause here. Basically, they said that all the people they were calling liars in this article did not speak to them. The only person that has spoke to them for this article is Mujica, the guy who owns and started Smartmatic, the guy who sees himself potentially losing his business because of how detrimental it is to democracy. And he's talking about how this is tearing down democratic institutions. Uh, No, bro, that's you. The idea that we need these new voting systems is what's harming democratic institutions. Now, I was on John Wood Jr.'s podcast a couple weeks before the election. And I basically was there to, I don't know if debate is the right word, but have a discussion with his lunatic producer who is a big Joe Biden fan and blamed Trump for his mom being constantly upset and depressed. And he blamed Trump for his relationship with his father. And he blamed Trump for how upset he was because... He's completely addicted to watching CNN and MSNBC all day long. He is the, one of the most Trump deranged people I have ever come across in my life. But as I brought up concerns about the voting process, about the universal mail-in balloting and whatever, to him, he said that not only does he want that, he wants to be able to vote on an app. He wants to be able to vote in the easiest, laziest way possible so that he doesn't even have to leave his house because that is so hard. And the elections in the country are just simply not worth the effort it takes to go get, let's say, a hot dog from 7 Eleven and maybe a Slurpee. That is too much work. For this communist. So he just doesn't bother. He wants to vote. whatever, Whatever's easy. Whatever's easy. Doesn't matter what the result is. Doesn't matter if the result is fair. Doesn't matter if the entire country is disenfranchised. As long as he doesn't have to leave his house. He'll gladly sit there watching TV all day. Getting mad as his brain rots. Perhaps masturbating to Rachel Maddow because he's a communist, which makes him virtually genderless. So why not masturbate to Rachel Maddow? I mean, I can't imagine any person in the world actually doing that, but but maybe it happens. And it's probably communists just like this guy who do it. So moving on, let's just be clear that Mujica and electronic vote tabulation That's the threat to democracy. Calling into question their legitimacy, these companies and their software and how well this performs and what it's able to do and how easily corruptible it is. That is not a threat to democracy. That is a protection of democracy. Okay, so here is one of the most amazing paragraphs of fake news. This is like what really just blew my mind the other day, this section here. Okay. So they've already admitted, by the way, just retracing my steps, they've already admitted that for years, electronic tabulation, electronic poll books have been a subject of persistent worry around security and reliability. And this is not from Donald Trump. Donald Trump has not been talking about this for years and years. He's been talking about it for a few years here and there. But Democrats used to talk about it. Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, both of them ran for president in the Democrat party and were probably just as screwed by this system as Bernie Sanders was. Because this is exactly how they won Joe Biden, South Carolina. No matter how many times they say that it was just black people coming out to vote for Joe Biden. The reason is because they rigged it. Let's be realistic. Let's be honest. Nobody gives a shit about Joe Biden. Yesterday, he came out to give a speech about how the darkest COVID days are ahead of us. And right before the speech, there were 19 people waiting to watch it online. 19 On one of the sites, yes, there were probably 10 other sites showing it, and maybe he had anywhere between 24 and 36 people watching on those sites. It's possible. He might have gotten an audience around the country of 200 to 250 people watching his speech. Totally possible. I don't want to slight Joe Biden in any way. I know he had 81 million votes, give or take. 25 to 30 million votes. And by give or take, I mean take. Because it was really probably about 55 million votes. If anyone believes that Joe Biden surpassed the number of votes achieved by Barack Obama or even Hillary Clinton, who had millions of fake votes on her own, if you believe that, you're fucking nuts. But he said our darkest days are ahead of us. That makes zero sense. That is literally just a setup. He is fear-mongering for the future. For them to be able to do more shit with no reason. And the funny thing, by the way, I know I'm getting off track. I'm going to circle right back. But I have to say this because I keep forgetting to mention it. It's odd to me. They have to keep pushing this mask thing. And the funny thing is that I've talked about how these death spikes, we're not getting these massive death spikes. This is nothing comparable to what was happening in April. Even though they are inflating the death numbers right now, we're not even close to the scary, quote unquote, situation we were in in April and May. And the truth is that situation would be no worse without masks. Everyone could unmask themselves. We could end all restrictions and we still would not get a death spike. So they have to keep the restrictions in place to pretend that this number is connected to the restrictions when it isn't at all. And we know that. But if they were to ease the restrictions and not get the death spike because there is no death spike to be gotten then they'd be completely exposed and fucked. The truth is they've been completely exposed and fucked the same exact way multiple times, just no one's bothered paying attention to it. No one's bothered acknowledging what has actually occurred, which is extremely annoying to me because I actually expected people to be better than this and to be smarter than this. But I guess I was expecting too much. Now, back to the article. But there is no sign that the 2020 U.S. election was affected by any significant or wide-ranging problems, according to elections officials from both parties, a judgment affirmed by recounts in two swing states, exhaustive litigation, and an investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice. International observers endorsed the vote integrity as did a variety of officials in Trump's own government who described it as the most secure in American history. Now, every single phrase in that paragraph is not only wrong, it's diametrically opposite to the truth, and it is intentionally that way, okay? Okay. There is no sign that the U.S. election was affected by any significant or wide-ranging problems. Well, yes, there is. That is a blatant, blatant lie. Even the most communist observer, the most central narrative-sucking masky, cannot deny that there are signs of problems. You can feel the problems. The problems are literally everywhere. So that part of the statement is absurd. Then it says, comma, so this is still all under the there is no sign. According to election officials from both parties, now, I would say that I'm among the top 1% of people who know for a fact that this election is a fraud. There is nothing next to nothing on the face of this earth that could convince me otherwise, unless they examine all the votes, all of them. And they're not going to do that. And the reason they're not going to do that is because then I would be right. So there's really nothing that could convince me otherwise, because I have predicted all of this at every step of the way for six months. Actually, probably seven months now. Since May, I've been talking about the mail-in voting problems. So according to election officials from both parties, now, me as the top 1% of people saying that this election is total bullshit, I have never made the claim that there aren't Republicans going along for the ride. I've been clear about that the entire time. So the idea that elections officials, unnamed elections officials from both parties, are the authority on this is crazy. They're not. That entire sentence is bullshit. There are two claims in that sentence. One, that there were no significant or wide-ranging problems. And two, that election officials from both parties agree with what they just said. Both parts of that are utter bullshit. Now, hyphen, a judgment affirmed by recounts in two swing states. No, no, it wasn't. Recounts are not what prove election fraud. All they do is re-tabulate the same thing. And as long as they do it in the same way, It's going to come out the same. But those recounts didn't actually come out the same. There were multiple problems caught by the recounts, some swinging congressional races. So no, first of all, that is problems. That is problems. That's not a sentence. You know what I mean? There are problems. There are proven problems. And I guess because those were rectified and now no one's arguing about them. They're no longer problems. So you probably don't have to mention them, but those were not legitimate recounts. They were not audited recounts. They were not signature matched recounts. They were just recounts. So it can't actually, those recounts can't confirm anything about the software or about the hardware. Every time those two things have been examined, they have shown the exact problems that people like me describe. The rest of the time, Democrats and other corrupt politicians have made it impossible to do those examinations in the first place. Now, why is that? The next part, exhaustive litigation. No, there has not been exhaustive litigation. That is a description that some people will imagine is true, even though it is an absolute lie. Yes, there has been a lot of litigation. No, there has not been a single evidentiary hearing in any of those cases. Courts are denying these cases based on process, not the merits. So the exhaustive litigation here does absolutely nothing to affirm the validity of the quote-unquote results. Here's the next part and an investigation by the US Department of Justice. Now that is just on its face false. There has been no investigation by the US Department of Justice, okay? And that is not what Bill Barr said. Bill Barr said that he has not, he had not at that point seen the evidence that would overturn the election. Now, he's talking about himself He's talking about at that point. It's possible that he was honest and correct about all that stuff. It still doesn't prove what they're saying it proved. There was no investigation by the US Department of Justice. That didn't happen. So, of course, they didn't find anything. International observers endorse the vote integrity. A, who cares? B, who the fuck cares? as did a variety of officials in Trump's own government. See, who cares? Who described it as the most secure in American history? Now that isn't true. They're talking about the CISA statement written up by good old Chris Krebs, who, by the way, is a former official, where he said that the election was the most secure. And what he meant, and he testified to this, was that there was no hacking of the election by foreign nations, foreign governments, foreign actors. Again, that's not the claim. People are using that statement to claim that there was no fraud, but that's not even what was claimed. The fact that Chris Krebs did that and that CISA released that statement, again, doesn't make that statement true. It doesn't mean that Trump's own officials did it. What they're trying to do is say that the administration itself supports what they are saying, but that's clearly false. It doesn't matter what CISA said about hacking. It doesn't matter if... It meets their definition of secure in terms of hacking. That's not the problem that people are addressing with the Dominion system. At all. That's not the concern. So this entire article comes down to this little paragraph, which is replete with bullshit. Every single section of every single sentence in this paragraph is an absolute lie. So let's just get to the end of this article. That has not stopped Trump, who has long promoted conspiracy theories, bullshit, from continuing to claim without evidence that widespread voter fraud was to blame for his loss to President-elect Joe Biden on November 3rd. A, Joe Biden is not President-elect. B, Trump didn't lose. C, it's widespread election fraud, not voter fraud. D, almost all the things that they have said Trump is promoting as a conspiracy theory happened to be true. Them not wanting to admit it or look into it or validate it does not make it a conspiracy theory. So that paragraph sucks. Smartmatic, which has provided voting machines, vote tallying software, and election management systems to more than two dozen countries, including Belgium, Argentina, and Norway – why'd you list those – has featured in several of the conspiracy theories pushed by the president and his allies. Nope. Among those are claims that Smartmatic, acting at the behest of billionaire investor George Soros or late Venezuelan leader Hugo Chavez, reprogrammed machines provided by Canada's Dominion voting systems to transfer bo- votes from Biden to Biden from Trump. No, that is not the claim at all. That is not the claim. No one is claiming that they acted at the behest of George Soros or Hugo Chavez. That is not the claim at all. That is just made up. They invented a conspiracy theory and then refuted it. Smartmatic, however, has no current relationship with Dominion. They did have a former one, and that's what everybody says and knows. Everybody including Sidney Powell and the people following this story, knows that. Such lies about election fraud have become ingrained in the minds of many on the American right, according to a Reuters-Ipsos poll published last month that showed half of Republicans believe the election was stolen from Trump. Well, Reuters, update your information, because now it's in the mid-90s. And it's creeping up toward 50 for independents. And it's creeping up toward 20 or 30 for Democrats. So more than half the country now believes that the election was stolen. Good job, Reuters. Way to play it down the middle. Versions of the Smartmatic conspiracy have since seeped into other countries where the company has worked, such as Brazil, here, I don't know what that means, and the Philippines, Mujica said. He said that the impact of the Trump camp's allegations would be felt well beyond his company. Good. This for us is existential, Mojica said, but it's very big for the entire industry. And ultimately, it's very big for democracy itself. Yeah, it is. It's very big for the industry. It's going to end it. It's very big for democracy itself. It's going to help it. Thank you, Mr. Mojica. Thank you, Reuters UK, for showing us the biggest bullshit I have seen in a month. I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never, ever, 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 ever be president. Goodbye. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon back out on the range. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. Fuck at